All right, folks, today, the day after one of the most momentous incidences in history, the day that Donald Trump pulled us out of the Iranian deal, the nuclear deal, right? Now, Ari, I'd like you to guess where I stand on this issue. I want you to take some time. I want you to think this through. Am I for the pullout of the Iranian deal? Am I against it? Or am I, uh, eh, that's okay either way. Um, something, anything in between. I, I'm really not sure. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm confused here because um, I know you've been a strong supporter of John Kerry's diplomacy for some time. Hmm. You know, you you have you did live in New England for a while, and you exact you do have some Brahmin qualities about you. Ah, I appreciate that you know, very much. Like you are certainly a better I, person than I am. Well, I, you have so. noticed that I do eat my veggie dogs with great poupon. Right, so that's very important to me. <laughs> Pardon me, sir. You are well dressed, gainfully employed. Ah, yes, yes, yeah. yes. It's true. I appreciate that, and I also like windsurfing. Don't forget that. And you sail. You yacht. You yacht, yacht, right? I do yacht. But only in the summer. (laughs) Where do you winter? Anyway. So, all right. Obviously, I'm thrilled with this pullout from the stupid Iranian deal. It's it's such madness. You know, it's very cute. It's, um, we know, for all conservatives out there, we, we talked this before, where we know what all of our conservative friends are thinking when it comes to a particular issue. Um, the, the, the pullout of the Iranian deal, even the more nuanced issues like the Kilo decision. Do you remember this one with the eminent domain matter? I, I didn't have to say, hey, where do we stand on this issue and, and explain to me why I should be for or against this. Uh, and then I nod my head and I start pursuing you know, the, the conservative path. No, it's, we, we have basic principles that inform where we go. We know that uh, liberty is, is a value that we want to push. We know that dictators are bullies and that you never, ever negotiate with a dictator. You tell a dictator what you're going to do. Sure. You, you are the one who asserts the power over the dictator. And you say, this is the way it's going to be. And if you want to stay in power, that's fine. But you, you're going to do it under our terms. Okay? We, you don't let the, the dictator tell you what you are going to do and extract money from you. That's, that's the, these are basic principles, right? We learn it from a thing called history. Uh, and, it, and then we have time and time again many historical examples of how bullies don't work. So we, so we got very excited about this pullout because he very clearly st- set forth that Iran was cheating. And the Israeli uh, Mossad uh, not only revealed to the public certain things about what they knew, but there's also even more information, a lot more information that was revealed to the CIA and other government agencies throughout the world that it's just undeniable that the Iranians were cheating on this Iranian deal, to which we said, no crap Sherlock, right? <laughs> of course they were going to cheat. You never enter into a deal with, with a crook, because especially when you know that the, the crook's one agenda is to not do what he's agreeing to do. Right, I mean, his very essence is to do to, to gain nuclear ambition and to grow in power, and to to become an empire of whatever suits his imagination. That's what dictators do; they need to do that. And then, in addition, they don't believe in truth anyway. 
right? Truth is not a value to the dictator. You know, it's very important that you see me as an honest person, said no dictator ever, right? <laughs> they'll, they'll say, this is what we're doing. But of course, they're doing the exact opposite. I mean, I, I remember 1991 when uh, the first Gulf War, when Saddam Hussein was trying to convince the Americans that they were pulling out of Kuwait and they were going back to Iraq. And uh, he showed film footage out of it. And he says, we just did it this morning. Here it is, 10 o'clock in the morning. Here we are. Here's tanks crossing over the Kuwait border back, back to Iraq. To which it was clear that it was actually from the shadows and everything else. It was clear that it was actually the tanks were going into Kuwait, not back from Kuwait. He was showing old footage. And he expected people to believe this. They, they lie. They lie for a living. They lie for that their very raison d'etre is to lie. It's a tool to aggrandize themselves. So, of course, we were against this deal from the get-go. It was disastrous. And even if they could argue that, even if somehow the Iranians would be good boys and girls and honor every single letter of that deal to the T, in spirit and otherwise, fine. But then we'd be giving them $150 million. Billion. Uh, sorry, billion dollars. Uh, and in addition... Also, that they can kick the can down the road and eventually develop nuclear, nuclear fission and otherwise for themselves uh, at, at their at their heart's delight. And not only get the, but they get the, they essentially get the blessing of the United States to do so. Why would you think that this is a smart thing to do? And in the Iran uh, nuclear deal, mm -hmm. the U.S. agreed to protect Iran from an Israeli attack. Oh, yeah, let's not forget okay, that. Okay, so... Yeah, the, the bizarre, these bizarre side deals, and they were side deals for a reason, because they didn't want anyone to see it. Right. But uh, in, in addition to the fact that we couldn't um, inspect all the places, some places were no-go inspection areas. Hint, hint, I wonder what they were doing in those no-go inspections. They weren't making ketchup, right? right? It reminds you of Hans Blix during the run-up of the second Gulf War. Yeah, the, right. the yes. Iraq war. Yes. Uh, no, no uh, 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 weapons of mass destruction as far as we can ascertain. Saddam Hussein has sent us a letter declaring that he doesn't have any weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> ah, thank you, Hans Blix. Now shut up and go away. We're attacking. It's really remarkable. Look, we, we said before that, you know, so many things are happening now. So many goodies are happening. I, I feel like it's too much. You know, pace yourself, so you're, President. You're, you're oh, sick oh, of winning. Oh, yeah, I'm sick of winning. Pace yourself, <laughs> President Trump. Just please give us these goodies one at a time. It's. I feel like I don't know. I feel like I'm in a room full of beautiful women. I mean, I just need one for the time being. Thank you very much. But all these goodies are coming at me. Like, I mean, that's a kind of a fantasy too, I suppose. I, I guess I'll take it. What is what I'm trying to say? I, I really enjoy. First of all, we've got the Iranian deal blow up. We've got the um, North Korea situation really kind of coming. North Korea is coming to heel. We've got China contained to some extent. We've got uh, the, the relationship with Israel is so great right now. The, the move to the Jerusalem embassy. We've got the unemployment down to dramatic levels. Yeah, the economy up. The Democrat Party and Well, not retreat. only that, but the, but the, the black uh, unemployment rate is even lower, I mean, relatively speaking. It's been the lowest that it's, that it's been in decades. Decades. It, this is, I mean, we're talking about like since the 60s. This is how good 
the unemployment rate has been for for blacks in in America. We're, we're t- <laughs> the <laughs> the um, the uh, popularity rate of Trump has doubled among American black males. How do you like that? Yeah, thanks, Kanye. It's fantastic. Well yes. Right? So people are beginning to see the truth, and they understand that this, this guy is getting things done. Uh, and then, you, of course, you have uh, and not, not just the unemployment rate, but you have the blow-up of Obamacare, right? You have the tax uh, bill that, that did such a great thing. You have all these new jobs as a result of the, um, the pipelines, the uh, the XL pipeline and otherwise. Yeah, you have all a bunch of new conservative judges on the bench, Gorsuch. Maybe we'll even get Anthony Kennedy or uh, or uh, Ginsburg, the fossil, to retire. That could be two more justices. Uh, I mean, things are going fabulous. And the things that are against Trump are ridiculous. The Mueller investigation, Stormy Daniels, stupid Democrat, this, that, the other complaints. It's shallow stuff, and the people know it, and the media is falling apart. It's great. Yeah, and, they, and, you it's, know, it's, it's all they have. It's, it's yeah. All they can work on is the Stormy Daniels because they think it's salacious. Guess what? It didn't work very well with that uh, Billy Bush video, right, which was a month before the election, and, and people basically yawned, right? I mean, it, it basically from the, the standpoint of the choir, who uh, the, the Democratic choir, who love this kind of crap? They thought, wow, this well, this must be changing everything. You know, uh, people are not going to vote for Hillary Clinton because you know, Trump proclaimed that he likes pussy, as it, as it were. Well, okay, he can proclaim that, but they didn't care. What they really wanted was somebody who was a leader, and they definitely did not want a crook in the office. That, as it turns out, mattered. That's what mattered, and the same thing is happening now. They're pulling out this. Stormy Daniels story. Oh my gosh, he had an uh, he had an affair, a one night stand with this woman, and he gave her one hundred thirty thousand dollars to be quiet about it. Okay. Yeah, and she's a victim because she got a she got money. Yeah. Oh, oh, what? A, and then the Stormy's lawyer. And it, it was a voluntary uh, act. It's not as if yeah. he raped her. If, like no, no. like no, some no, other. If it president. even happened, and most likely it didn't. Okay, it was just Agreed. it was just money to pay this person. Just shut up and go away. Okay. And now the the liberal media and the Democrats are portraying her as if she's some great hero for women's rights. Yeah. Being a, a woman who exploited her own body for profit, if right. you will. Yeah. Well, anyway, her uh, lawyer leaked something about Michael Cohen receiving money from Russian oligarchs this last few hours, in fact, on the day after the Iran deal when we're doing this podcast. Only one little thing wrong with it. I don't know if you know about Jewish people, but a lot of Jewish people happen to be named Michael Cohen. And there are more than one Jewish lawyer, as it turns out, in New York named... Michael Cohen. Come on, that's a pretty obvious. That's a that's a pretty distinctive name. I mean, uh, I, I mean that's like uh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, like Brooke big... Lurie. Like Brooke Lurie. That's uh, there. There are not many Brooke Lurie's, obviously, and um, I think there are not many Michael Cohens. Cohen is a very rare name. Very rare name. Very okay. Rare. And okay. Michael's even well, more maybe. Rare. But anyway, ironically, one of these other Michael Cohens. Unrelated to Trump at all, happened to be the guy who got the money from the oligarch in some business deal that had nothing to do with the election or Putin or Russia or Trump. Or to which Homer says, "Don't, <laughs> we missed it by that much." Right? That was, that was another TV show. Look, uh, I mean, exactly. So, this is so funny because they can't, they can't Maxwell come up with. Smart. Uh, Maxwell Smart. There you go. Uh, they cannot. 
come up with anything other than something salacious. Okay, they tried that out. The, the Russian collusion thing, not working out so well. Um, and then, of course, they, they try to find some, something against Trump, and they, it just is not working. And in the meantime, uh, this, this recent past Tuesday, though, there's another goodie that came out. Shiderman? Yeah, uh, I'll talk about that in a second. But the, um, the election results, the primary results, turned all in favor of a very strong conservative leaning. And it looks like we're going to have a, blue, a red wave again in 2018. Oops. November. Oops. <laughs> so, and then you have um, the Schneiderman uh, issue, which you can discuss a little bit more about this this deputy. Uh, I'm sorry, not this deputy. This uh, district State attorney, State Attorney General uh, yep. of New York, who's been a vocal critic of the Trump administration and a speaker at the Women's Pussy Hat rallies, named Eric Schneiderman, was basically caught in investigation by one Ronan Farrow Sinatra. Uh, not his actual name, just my belief that old Blue Eyes has his blue eyes. Uh, he wrote, Pharaoh wrote this scathing article in the New Yorker, basically alleging that Schneider had, Schneiderman has beaten at least four women he's had intimate relationships with and threatened to murder them. <laughs> Schneiderman's office called it a misunderstanding about his habitual role playing before he resigned. I see. Yes, it was just resign. And remember, Democrats don't resign. This guy resigned yeah. and fast. Yeah, I, I so you got him, and you got Weinstein, and you got God knows who else. Well, the point is, it's not that we're gloating about the fact that an attorney, um, as a general uh, district, whatever. Yes, yeah, state attorney. State general. attorney general um, is a Democrat is being brought down. That's not really it. The the point is that it's showing yet again that it's another Democrat, not a Republican. Who is being brought down like this? He he is part. They're so hypocritical. They they on the one hand, they champion women's causes, and Eric Schneiderman was such a person allegedly. Yeah, he screamed uh, about while, the war on women and all that. Yes, while, while beating them senselessly. Yes. Okay, so it's a little hypocritical uh, to to say the least, uh, but it's also interesting to see like this huge slew of of men, uh, virtually all men, who uh, with exception of. I don't know who, uh, are, are Democrats. So whether it's uh, Anthony Weiner, whether it's Bill Clinton, whether it's Schneiderman or Weinstein or um, Kevin, Spacey. Kevin Spacey, good example, yeah. and many others in Hollywood. Well, he, was, I mean, he was picking on men, but... Right, same, same, <laughs> same, but same concept. Yeah, same concept. Uh, very abusive and uh, you know, demanding and using, uh, throwing around their power. Um, uh, what's his name? The guy, Charlie Rose, another example. Yeah, and Matt Lauer. And and maybe Tom Brokaw, that's still coming out. Yes. Uh, we'll see what that what, what happens on there. There's just these tremendous number of men uh, that are Democrats who proclaim to be so sensitive to women. Right. Just just that's the last thing they are. And in the meantime, if I if I were a, a liberal woman or at least a woman kind of who's moderate, let's say, and I'm choosing among men uh, to vote for, and I say, you know what, these Republicans, by and large. It's a good shot that this guy is not going to be abusive to his wife, to his girlfriend, whatever. And at least he has the values, the core values, that he would know that to do so, it goes against those core values. Just at least on that. Now, you may point out to what's his name, the guy, Roy, uh, the Roy, guy Moore. Moore, Roy Moore. Yeah. And that story ended up being not such a – it turned out to be a bit of a nothing burger as well. It turned out to be not completely true and not true at all. Right. Fact. Yeah. So, because all the evidence turned out to be fabricated. Right. And we're not saying that it's impossible that a conservative or Republican 
uh, be abusive to a woman. I, I, I get that. But we are saying that so far we haven't found too many of them. And if they do exist, they are but a drop in the bucket when compared to uh, what the liberals have done. Well, I think there's one other really major point that must be made. Whenever you find a Republican man involved in this stuff, yeah. invariably, the extent of the violation is either an intimate relationship that was inappropriate because he was married to someone else, or it was an unwanted come on. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. But not an extended unwanted come on. Not a, hey, baby, let me uh, grab your you-know-what. No, don't do it. I'm grabbing it. Grabby, grabby, grabby. Right. In other words, when told no, they stop. Right. No but means then, no. But then the extent of the story is, well, he made a come on that I didn't want. Oh, boo-hoo. That's it. Yeah. When a Democrat does it, it is Weinstein. Framed from them with the police, like Rose McGowan. Threatened to destroy their career. Right. Threatened to beat them up. Threatened to kill them. Threatened they wouldn't see their child again. Right? Or in Schneiderton's case, choked severely, beat up, you know, horrible stuff. Or, like Wiener, stuff that's really perverted with underage kids. Or like Spitzer, had sex with a hooker with his socks on. It's very weird. Um, dark sauce. So, 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 dark. Oh, well, you should have started off with that. Yeah, just imagine naked man, dark, dark socks, socks yeah. having White sex. Socks, well, you know, just that, take your socks not. off, please. <laughs> all right, let's get let's get to the main points. So, look, these things are all happening at the same time. It's it, it's like a flurry of activity that it's very hard for the Democrats to fight fight back on because when it's just. You know, uh, one success, like the tax bill, for example, well, then they'll throw something out there to distract, whether that might be the Mueller investigation or otherwise. Yeah, or crumbs. Yeah, crumbs. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. But now there's just too many. How are you going to deal with this? It's like Space Invaders for the Democrats. Huh? You know, if you've ever played that video <laughs> right. game, right? There's just too many coming at too you. Many. You know, one of them is going to go through. So, but, but don't you worry, folks. The impeachment push is still going strong. And, don't, and everything is going to be just right. Uh, in the meantime, of course, you have uh, Obama who says, you know, this is going to be a grave mistake and we sh- uh, regarding the Iranian deal, right? Um, we are going to uh, imperil this nation, right? Oh, thank you, uh, you, sir, who did nothing about ISIS and that, that turned under your watch from a, a JV team, to use your words, into a very significant varsity team that killed, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people who ended up controlling uh, vast swaths of land in three countries, no less, your junior varsity team, that uh, virtually erased all the success or almost erased all the success that we had in Iraq, uh, merely because you pulled out every single last man against all the advice of every single one of your generals. Not one general said that this would be a wise idea, but you were so hell-bent on it uh, that this was your mission. You didn't care whether or not it would undermine America's interests. In fact, you didn't have a care whatsoever about America's interests, did you, sir? Yeah, wasn't that sure really, wasn't it really the plan? Well, wasn't that really the plan, Mr. President? I'm talking about Obama now. Right. You know, you, you go on your apology tour. You, you go out there. You undermine Israel at every turn. You even undermine England, for that matter. You encourage the, uh, the, the wild immigration of uh, Syrian refugees from Syria to to uh, the rest of Europe. You encourage that here in America as well. You have the biggest opening uh, from Middle Eastern uh, men uh, to come into this country. 
and somehow that's that's okay. You say that the sound of Muslim prayers is one of the most beautiful sounds you've ever heard, um, and then of course the apology tour, which I already mentioned, and you 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 do this deal with Iran, which you know is so devastating to America. It's it so sets up America for utter destruction, and locks it in, and gives it the. The, the gravitas of the uh, of American law behind it, that's that's what's so despicable. So that's what you did, President Obama, and we we now know it in hindsight, and I think everyone's seeing it. And your best buddies was was, was Farrakhan, of course, and Reverend Wright. It's all coming to light now. And your uh, your friend Hillary Clinton, who was just you know pay for play sort of girl, right, selling America's America's interests for her own pocketbook. Really extraordinary, the things that are now coming out that we've known, we've always suspected to some extent, but we've known. And we juxtapose that against Trump. And we say, you know what, Trump, for as brash as you want him to call him, you know what, maybe we ought to have some brashness in our lives. And you know what, he's also not that brash. Honestly, has he ever said, like, F this or, you know, S that? For example, in publicly speaking, you know, I'm, we're not going to take that F and, F and S-H-I-T. Yeah, he has. No, no. In public in a speech, I'm talking about. Yeah, in front of a crowd. Has. All right. Well. It was good. It was I good. Ne- I never heard oh, it. Oh, it was <clears throat> good. It was, okay. it, was, it was really good. Okay. Well, And look, it was appropriate for what he was talking about. Okay. So, and, and by but, the but, way. But, but hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. For, you don't hear it very often. If that's okay. Because I haven't heard it. Uh, well, I, I think the reason the media doesn't play it is because when they play it and you hear the context that he used the, the uh, let's just say, um, judicious amounts of profanity, uh-huh. the context makes it only make him look better. Right. Oh, I Because see. he's referring to things that, you know, should be referred to with that yeah. uh, uh, descriptor and, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> little uh, garnish. <laughs> garnish. Yeah, but, but look at the big picture here. The reason he's succeeding in North Korea is because of the brashness. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the, the the very thing that those on the on the uh, the Never Trump uh, Republican whatever they are I don't even know what to call those people. Yeah. It, you know because they're not conservatives. You know the Bill Crystals of this world. They it, you know I don't like how he tweets. I don't like how he talks. If he didn't confront Kim Jong Un in the words that Kim Jong Un understood, there'd be no Kim Jong Un um, submission to Trump's will. Well, not only that, or anyone's will. Not only that, but have you noticed that Kim Jong Un has not yet, maybe he will, but not yet retorted with any tough words back, right? Remember the old days of Rocket Man yeah. and things like this. But now, Kim Jong Un is very, very quiet. Very well behaved, isn't very he? Very well behaved, and I, I like that. And I think the reason is exactly what you said. Uh, it's that they understand that Trump is a very bold and yes, brash leader. And he's not going to take crap from nobody. And I like that. That's exactly what we need to have. We can speak softly and carry a big stick, but at the very least, make sure that everyone sees your big friggin' stick. Yeah, That's you, very important. Yeah, and you know, my wife made a really good point. She says about Trump, she says, look how many decades, and it's been three or four decades of my political awareness that we always heard, what about having an outsider? Shouldn't a citizen run? Wouldn't it be great if someone with enough money who didn't, wasn't beholden to anyone would just come out and tell the truth and act like a human being? Yeah. And now we have it. And all these people from the political establishment 
of either party are like, oh my god, this is so terrible. Look at his behavior. Plutch my curls. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, we see how much it works, and the reason is quite interesting. If you, his, his, hold on, folks. His voice and mannerism is matched only by the beauty of his expression on his face when he says it. I just want you to know, we're not filming this, but you are missing out on the beautiful faces that Ari is now making. Maybe we'll post that as the, exactly. the picture next to this episode instead of your headshot. <laughs> All right, go. But as it turns out, federal agencies, even under the executive branch, like the State Department, are absolutely, or the EPA, uh, any of them, Department of Energy, HUD, whatever, Department of Education, are all designed to maintain the status quo. Why? Because that's what's good for business. And that way the elected officials, whether presidents, senators, or congressmen, are just considered like the Christmas help at the department store. Right. But the real people of Washington and of all these organizations are all the bureaucracies. So the point is none of these bureaucracies have any interest in any change for the better whatsoever if it threatens the bureaucratic superstructures that are in place that benefit the bureaucrats. Right. To begin with. Right. So here comes this guy. We call it the deep state. The deep state. Right. So the point is you get this guy named Trump. And my objection to him, and we'll get to a point we were talking about offline in a few minutes. I think it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't vote for Trump. And you know why that was. I was a Cruz supporter because I thought I was more conservative than I thought I could trust Trump would be. Right? Mm -hmm. And Trump does not have an ideological bent. He has a pragmatic bent. Charles Krauthammer speaks about this. Rush Limbaugh talks about this. And when his pragmatism is in line with my values, i.e. solving the Iran problem or the North Korean problem or our military problem, it's fantastic because he winds up doing the conservative thing anyway, whether he's ideological or not. And I'm not so concerned with ideology, i.e. the way he does it, the decorum he holds while he does things. I just want the problem solved too. And because he's not ideological and because he's a businessman from the business world where you got to act fast, he moves at a speed that these people in those bureaucracies are not only not used to, they can't handle it. I agree. But one place that I disagree with you about is the issue about his ideology. He does have an ideology, and he's been reflecting it time and time again. Almost every move he's made reflects a very conservative, not just a conservative bent, but a very strong and confident conservative bent. What do I mean? I mean, when it comes to Israel, for example, that if you are a liberal... <clears throat> then your approach to Israel is let, let them do their own thing. You know, I don't want to interfere with them, and I, want to, I, don't, I don't want to hurt them, but let them do their own thing, and uh, we're, we don't need to support her one way or the other. Okay? So that's fine. Then when it comes to the tax uh, things, he's reduced taxes. He doesn't seem interested in <clears throat> increasing the size of government, and he's worked hard to stop that. Um, and then, you, 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 then, of course, what happened with Iran? Right, um, the the issue of increasing jobs by way of reducing taxes and reducing regulations, just about everything he's done, even even his references to God, constantly talking about uh, the glory of God and uh, you know and and his background and such like that. I I just find it to be very conservative, in fact more so than Bush. Uh, whether the Bush the son or Bush the father, and uh, I think he he's more in line with Ronald Reagan. 
Well, of course. I, I completely agree <clears throat> with that. I just know that you and I, when we talk about these things, we actually discuss it in the terms that I believe in this because I'm conservative and this idea is rooted in conservatism. Now, I don't – all roads lead to Rome in this example. But I don't think he considers what the political or ideological or philosophical underpinnings of his conclusion is. I just think he arrives at that conclusion because he thinks it's the right conclusion to arrive at. Okay, or it works. Right. I, I get that, but that's the beauty yeah. of it is that conservatism does work, right, because, and, it's also, and it's also the right conclusion. Yes, and because there are some times when I see his ideological slippage, and you know, compared to the Iran deal, the tax cuts, North Korea, etc., it's minor stuff. It's very but minor. But I, I, you know, like for instance. Um, uh, not well, the spending bill. The spending bill. This is a spending bill, and deal. not supporting Mel, uh, Mo Brooks in the Alabama primary. You know, certain things like that, where he doesn't line up with an ideological conservative. Like, for instance, one thing that I I hate that he does is when he has pushback from Congress from the Freedom Caucus, who's trying to actually help him do the right thing because they are ideological conservatives. More often than not, he attacks them and sides with the McConnell and Ryan people. And that's an example of where I think he's trying to be pragmatic because his ideological conclusions are not rooted in conservative ideology in the classic I'll, sense. I'll tell you what. I think that he's, his game plan is always conservative and that uh, he's playing people off of each other in a very effective way. The, and, and the proof of the pudding in that one is the way he's handled North Korea. He, he went to North Korea via China. And uh, ultimately forced uh, China's hand, and and therefore North Korea. This whole tariff business, for example, he he knows damn well that a, a trade war does not work, uh, but the threat of a trade war that works. <laughs> That's right. a big deal. A mutually assured destruction. It's the same thing as having have nuclear arms. No one's saying that you should use the nuclear arms, but damn it, you better have some. In right. order to prevent a, mutually assured has, destruction. It has a deterrent value yes. that brings China to bring North Korea to heal yeah. without us having to do it. Yeah, yes, people, people, absolutely. Right. People don't see that and as look, an important and like, and like I said, relatively speaking, those are small infractions compared to the big goals we're achieving. And I would just want to say one thing, and this is what we were talking about offline before we started recording today. We are talking about how Trump looks like he's going to have a romp in 2020 and... Most likely, there's no blue wave in the 2018 midterm. No, not a blue no wave. Signal. Yeah. If anything, it's a red wave. Right. Whoops. <laughs> but here's the big number. There are a lot of ideological conservatives like myself behind blue walls in blue territory who didn't vote for Trump in 2016 because we were not sure what we were getting. And this, I told, I said this to the audience on this podcast. We weren't sure what we were going to get with Trump because he says these things. Some of them sound great, but we don't know, right? We yeah. don't know. Right. And number two, we had just gone through in California the incredible agony of this jerk named Schwarzenegger, who said all this conservative, wonderful stuff like taxes and toilets in 2003. Then by 2006 and 2010, he was screwing us over. By being a liberal. And we were worried. But the point is, so the we point is, we yeah. were worried. Yeah. But because of Trump's behavior, I'm voting for him in 2020. Everyone I know who's that kind of conservative who didn't vote for him is now well on the Trump train. Right. What, that's the big number that the media and the pollsters are ignoring, which is what's the 
uh, was that the force multiplier of Trump conservatives who are joining Trump conservatism? Well, that's exactly right. And now I want to talk about that because uh, this is something that we had brought up before, which before Trump was elected, and one of the reasons why I was so confident that Trump would be elected is the polling showed, uh, even when, when Hillary was supposedly two percentage points ahead, I knew that that was BS. I gave three points to Trump in that circumstance so that he would be ahead by 1%. Um, I, everything that they told me, I discounted by 3%, depending on the state that was an issue. Uh, and some, some, even, even the conservative states like Texas, they somehow claimed that he was just barely ahead of, of Hillary when, of course, he romped her uh, in, the, uh, in the, the actual result. So in Ohio, I mean, that's, when they said that he was ahead in Ohio, I knew that we won the election. Not because Ohio is, is necessary for a, a Republican to win these days. It is. But, but it's, it's, not, it's not a guarantee that he will win. But it's necessary but not sufficient to win Ohio. And he's ahead in Ohio by 2%, according to the polls, which I said means he's up by 5%. And, of course, in Ohio, he won by 5%. And, of course, that means a tremendous significant thing. It's not a microcosm. So why do I bring this up? Because you cannot ignore the multitudes of people at a 3.9% unemployment rate. And if you don't, if you don't want to use that rate because that's kind of been monkeyed with quite a bit, just look at the employment rate which is the highest it's ever been in 50-plus years. Yeah, and by that you mean the labor participation rate. The participation rate, rate. exactly right. And uh, the black uh, unemployment rate is now the lowest it's ever been in 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 even longer. And the Hispanic. You cannot say that these people, whether it's minorities, black, uh, whoever, that anyone who's betting for, for this is somehow still hating Trump. It ain't happening. And then you've got Kanye West... And uh, Candace Owens, who's becoming a rising star as well. But Kanye West, everyone knows, uh, this, this black performer who was against Trump before and now is a big fan of Trump. And he's rapping about how you can't be a victim. I mean, I've heard his songs now. I'm not a big rap guy, but I, I, can, I can understand his words. And boy, I, they are smart. And he's saying, you know, you, you, you are not beholden to the Democratic Party. They don't own you. You're not part of their slave plantation. You want to get out of slavery? Then vote for Republicans for a change. And they, they are terrified, terrified, because here's this young, hip, black celebrity, no superstar. less. Superstar. Superstar. One of the rare superstars in this Yeah, world. this is not, um, I don't know, a yeah. Gary, Gary Sinise, who's a nice guy, you know, but conservative, right, uh, as an actor. This, this guy is a super-duper star, and he's black, and watch out. So, and other other blacks are going to be joining the the yeah, team. And so, what to speak. you're saying is because of this labor participation rate, this this explosion of jobs, this low unemployment rate in minority communities, that means all the people who are being told Trump is a racist, Trump hates you, Trump's going to screw up your life, are experiencing the exact opposite for themselves. Yeah. You know, it's funny is we were talking, I think, on episodes with you here, and just between us, you know, in, in regular life. It means not with the microphone and the computer running to record our various thoughts and ideas um, about how um, there's with the David Hoggs of this world, there's this push to have people under 18 vote. You know, give it to the youth, right? There's a news story that teenagers 
uh, or that there are no teenagers not employed now. Right. Because so many organizations are are hiring them like crazy, and even fifteen dollar minimum wages in many states are being blown out of the water because the kids are making twenty an hour right out of high school right. or or during high school and after that, school. Point is, bring them, register them, yeah. and also in California, remember that story that only like eighteen or twenty percent of the uh, hundred thousand youths who pre-registered <laughs> even registered as Democrats. Right, oh, that's, it was hysterical. Yeah, and not only that, but states are now. Uh, paying people to relocate to their states yes. for, for jobs. I mean, like routinely. This is, it's fascinating stuff. But that's all in the job market as well. I'm simply saying these factors are so powerful and you just can't avoid this. Now, look, anything can happen between now and November, but you know what? November is getting closer and closer every day. And I think we might have a romp here. Well, especially, especially, hold yeah. on. Especially since so many congressmen and senators are now officially uh, hitching their wagon to the Trump train. That is fascinating. And why? Because they know all all their uh, internal polling is telling them exactly what you and I are saying. Get on the Trump train because you know what? People like Trump. And it's just like the I like Ike thing, but this is even stronger. It is a Trump train and it's not a cult thing. It's because they're realizing this guy gets things done, and I like it. Yeah, he's good a winner. Things. Good, good things. things. And he's a winner. He's not a talker. He doesn't, he doesn't stir up the pot in race relations and male-female male relations and, and declare some sort of war on a transgender population of 9,300 people or so, This is, which is nothing. Okay? They don't— they don't focus on the Stormy Daniels crap. They don't care about the Russian collusion stuff. They know that it's all garbage. They don't care about climate change. It's, it falls under the category of TIDCA, T-I-D-C-A, things I don't care about, right? Those things they don't care about. They care about employment. They care about the status of the country, and they care for a leader, those three things Trump is delivering in a beautiful, strong way. And they're making people proud to be American and, uh, and, and, and that the life is good. This yeah, is, and, yeah. and, he's, and he's doing it without just throwing money at people. That's the beauty of it. Well, he, no, they're making he is, their own he is money. doing it by throwing money at people. Their own but that money. money isn't coming from the government. Right. That's what's so great. Ma- and, that's my point. Right. They're making their own money. They're making their own bones. And this is a wonderful thing. And there's, there's pride, and people like Candace Owens and Kanye West and so many other blacks, and, and like we said before in the beginning of this podcast, there are now double the numbers of the black uh, male population that are supporting Trump. Double. Shocking. That's, I mean, even if it was only 2%, and now it's 4%, but, but by oh, the way, it's more than that. Yeah. But, but that, that is a, that's enough to blow apart the Democratic right. Party. The Democrat Party, if it doesn't hold 95% of the black vote, is gone. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Gone. And and they can't compete with the average black citizen who now has a job that pays them so much more and has so much less in taxes to pay and suddenly has a good car and a good house and a beautiful family that they can then start that goes to a good school. When asked the question, are you better off today than you were four years ago in the 2020 election? And this, and remember, we're only a year or so into Trump being an effective leader, having his people in place, you know, really rolling now. In two and a half years, when we're gearing up for the 2020 election, I mean, 
the Democrats might as well not even field a candidate. They, I'm not into having one name right. on election, but they should really just take a powder and say, you know what? AA, rock bottom. You know, right, right, right. We're, we need to seriously reevaluate everything we're doing here and believing in and participating in because this Kamala Harris crazy stuff, this, you know, a fake Indian stuff, this Joe Biden and his, uh, you know, uh, adult depend diapers stuff, you know, Bernie Sanders and his socialism stuff. This ain't flying. This it, ain't yeah, working. They, they, they should think that way, and I think they are thinking this way. They have to really reorient themselves. Here's the problem for the Democrats. It's even better for Trump than, than it was for Reagan in terms, oh, yeah. of, in terms of what he had to face. Because in 1980, uh, Reagan was in the midst of a deep recession, and it got worse. So people were arguing, and I, I remember this. You, you were too young to remember it, perhaps, but they were arguing, look— Reaganomics, they called it Reaganomics, uh, is really hurting the country. Pff, thank you, Reagan. Uh, but then, of course, in 1982, we started getting out of it, and it started ro- really roaring in 83, and then, of course, in 84. And, and so he won by a, yet another landslide in 1984, my first presidential election that I voted in, by the way. So that was great. But here, with Trump, <laughs> the economy started roaring back the day that he was elected, and even more so uh, after the inauguration, the, the stock market roared, unemployment went down dramatically, all the good factors that you can possibly make, the stock, every, everything. Obama's boot came off the economy's neck. And on that day. Yeah. So that the correlation and the causation becomes so, became so clear on that day. It was, it's hard to, you know, usually, you know, we, we have to argue about the policy effects yeah, of this thing. Yeah, delayed reaction. Delayed reaction. Yeah, takes six that. months to, or nine months to seep into the system and, and then people is it figure really it out. working or, you know, oh, I well, know. Who, who's I really, know that was yeah. Obama. Obama's stuff is finally working right. now that, you know. Yeah, who gets the credit, who gets the blame, you know. Yeah, it, but this was so dramatic. It's so, and uh, also, it's, take, uh, take it back really fast to... Uh, his inauguration speech. What did he make the focus of the inauguration speech? The forgotten man and woman. Yeah, that's right. And now... Yeah, here we are. Here we are. So so I think, you know, barring some crazy thing that happens, uh, you know, between now and November, uh, one thing I feel very confident about, there will not be a blue wave, okay? They may pick up a couple of seats, and that would, would, I, would fall under what I call the not surprising category. I, I predict that they will either not gain any seats or actually lose them s- seats themselves, the, bl- the, the Blues, the Democrats. Um, more likely than not, uh, if anything, there's a red wave going on. Here's another example of that. A senator, uh, I forget his first name, Mancine, uh, from, from Virginia, right? West Virginia, I mean. West Virginia. Right? Yeah. Uh, Mancine, what's his first name? Oh, I, Whatever. Yeah. Mancine. So he... I've been so focused on Schneiderman and Iran. Right, right. Well, I, well you know the, the, big, the big primary yes. recently. So, so he, a Mancine, is the one man who uh, voted with Trump on uh, this very critical legislation just recently. Um, and, and it's fantastic. And why? Because he, he wants to send a signal to, uh, to his constituents. I'm a Trump guy, too. I'm conservative like you. Now, of course, once... If, if and when he gets reelected, then, you know, then he'll just caucus with the Democrats, of course, and, and go with whatever they want. But he knows that in or, the way to win is to be a conservative. Well, it's the and not only that, but a, Trump, 
but a Trump conservative. Yeah. The Ari so, David theorem. Run as a conservative and course. then do your best to get the Republican not to. Yes. But he's a Trump conservative. The, right. the, the point is he's a bellwether in a sense that because it's all good and well if a lot of conservatives themselves are saying how great they are, how wonderful conservative they are, they can out-conservative the other, fine. But when a Democrat is supporting Trump and saying, I'm on the Trump train, true, true, uh, then, then you know this is the, the sign of the times. And I, I think this is going to stay along so long as, you know, it's nothing big, huge event, you know, trips us up. But we're talking, we're in May now. Uh, we're, what, uh, six months away? No, yeah, about six, less than six months away from the election. It's a long time. I, I agree. But I think we'll be okay. And the momentum that Trump has shown is... You know, if any, if past performance is an indication of future uh, results, uh, I, I think we can see that this guy is not changing his spots or his yeah. stripes or his racing outfit. He is truly staying the course because he knows what works. Well, here we are again uh, as we wrap up this podcast, making one of uh, our bold predictions that uh, Trump will, uh, sorry, that there will be a a, uh, not a blue wave at the very least. That we're, we feel very confident about. And the question is, how much will we gain seats, if any, uh, in the, the House and Senate, totally speaking? And I think that's a great place to be. Um, and I'm not surprised about this at all. And it's the way we are making this prediction is because of facts on the ground and facts that are not being relayed to us uh, from the ground as well. The, the other nonsense that we're hearing, Stormy Daniels, the pussy has the Russian collusion, all that stuff. Nobody gives a crap about. They just don't care about it. Okay. So, look and look. I don't blame the Democrats. That's all they have. What are they going to ride on? They're going to say that the economy is bad. They're they're going to tell me you're not getting the money in the pockets. You're not getting those bonuses. You're you're not being treated with respect. Yeah, fake crumbs. Crumbs right? all, fake. All these things. Yeah. Right. So. What, what are you going to do? That? What, are you going to say that Kanye West has somehow been manipulated and seduced? By, they, they literally said that. Maxine Waters saying you've been seduced as if somehow he's been brainwashed. You know, yeah, he's been seduced by the truth. He's been tr- seduced by logic and, and reality. And he's, a, he's you know, he, he wasn't one who needed a job. I mean, he was obviously doing very well for himself. So that's not an issue. He saw it. And that's what I like so much about him is that he had nothing to lose. This guy... Just saw it like it is and did it for the right reasons. You know, he's not like a Bruce Springsteen who decides that it's just better for him to be a liberal because, you know, more people will love him. The Kanye West said, you know what? We are, we have been deceived and we need to change. And I think this whole country is about to change very nicely and it is changing in a really great direction. In these past, what, 15 or so months? incredible things have been happening as we joked around before it's it's too much we're tired of winning so to speak great things are happening and i'm very excited about this and and god bless this country we we must push forward with this and do not think for a moment guys that trump's fate is somehow doomed in 2020 or that there will be a blue wave in 2018 it just ain't so Look on the facts. On the, look at the facts on the ground, and you'll see what we're talking about. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week. <laughs>